Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts with researcher, author, speaker, and coach Jeff Schott. Jeff is devoted to keeping the hearts of parents and kids connected. He developed Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents target the root of behavior issues rather than whacking away at the surface. Jeff also wrote the book Going, Going, Gone, which helps parents understand the reasons kids depart the faith. It gives parents the information they need to open conversations with their kids to prevent this outcome. Learn more about Revive Family, its resources and coaching for families at revivefamily.com. Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family and the author of the influential parenting program that helps parents target the heart rather than whacking away at the issues on the surface. This week, we're continuing in the series, The Anchor Dad. Because the research is showing that dads are far more important to the outcomes in their kids' lives than we might have been brought up to believe or been led to believe by popular media programs. In fact, in an analysis of over 100 studies on parent-child relationships, it was found that having a loving and nurturing father was as important to a child's happiness, well-being, and social and academic success as having a loving and nurturing mother. Some studies even indicated that a father's love was a stronger contributor. And last week on part two of The Anchor Dad, we looked at how dads provide children a sense of security. And we went through a number of things we can do as dads to build a sense of security for our kids. And many of them kind of stretch outside the historical norm of being a dad in our culture. If you miss part two of The Anchor Dad, you can go to revivefamily.com forward slash podcast and listen to it there. Or if you're finding this radio program helpful, you can go to the bottom of any page on the site and sign up to receive a summary of all the resources that come out from Revive Family once a week. That way you won't miss anything. So go check out our site at revivefamily.com. One of the questions I frequently get from dads when I'm speaking at events is, okay, I get it. I need to be more emotionally connected with my kids. I probably need to change the way I approach my kids related to the issues or the mistakes that they make. But if I become this nurturing, loving father who's emotionally connected to them and loves them unconditionally, won't I lose the ability to hold them accountable? Won't they just go off the deep end? And I get it because I am a father that had to go through this transition from being the authoritarian, tough love, disciplinarian father who did the discipline and saw my role as being a provider to changing my entire focus to being there to support my kids, encourage my kids, love my kids, and shower grace upon my kids like God showers upon me. And as I began to let go of the reins, as I began to relax with my kids, I feared, too, that I would lose my ability to hold them accountable. And as I went through that transition and took that journey down an uncertain road, what I discovered was a lot of what I was doing previously wasn't really holding them accountable like I thought it was. Rather, it was causing them to distance from me. It was causing them to want to avoid me. It was causing them not to want to discuss issues with me because they were going to get a lecture or they were going to get told they were wrong. And what I discovered in that is that they weren't learning anything other than to avoid me, which is part of why I was feeling alone and even used a bit as a father because I did, I worked so hard. I, I provided for the family and yet they didn't involve me. 
they didn't want to talk with me, and this left me feeling used. What I didn't realize is so much of that was tied to my approach. So much of that was tied to my view of my role with my kids, and it was why I wasn't their anchor. I wasn't seen as that safe harbor that was approachable that they could come to that Lee Rabby's research that we talked about last week said was so important. And what I discovered was when I became that more nurturing, caring father who was involved in different ways and was the safe place, was that harbor, it was amazing how much more accountability I could actually speak into my kids' lives because they would sit down and talk with me. I could ask them questions. They would actually take time to think through our interaction. They would reflect upon their mistakes as opposed to fear the results of their mistakes. And as a result of that, I found I could speak into different things they were considering, decisions they were contemplating, uh, places they were considering going or things they were desiring to do, and I could help them think it through and tie it to where they wanted to end up in life. And this was so much more powerful in shaping them and helping them learn to make good decisions that over a fairly short period of time, I found I needed to hold them accountable less and less because they were actually learning to think things through and process and weigh them in comparison to where they wanted to end up in life. And all of a sudden, we were in this partnership. We were walking alongside each other towards setting them up to be successful in their lives, and they were learning how to do that without me playing the heavy. And boy, now I enjoy being a dad so much more because in this way, I did become an anchor to my kids. My kids do reach out to me and discuss crazy things with me, like my son saying, Dad, you know, what do I do? Uh, One of my friends has asked me to pee in a cup for him so he can pass their parents' drug test. These are the types of conversations I want to have with my kids, but when I was that authoritarian father who saw my role as laying down the law, there was no way they were going to come believe they could have an open conversation with me about such a crazy topic. And by the way, I didn't say, hey, you can't do that. That's wrong. I asked my son, hey, Paul, what do you think you should do? What do you think is best for your friend in the long run? even though it may be hard for the relationship in the short run. And guess what? He made a great decision. Basically, the entire nature of our relationship changed because I changed my focus from the right and the wrong, the performance and the tough love to exactly what the research is showing us fathers need to be to be there to create this confident, secure kid who can stand up to all the challenges, all the issues, and all the influences that they're confronted with in society today. And possibly one of the more important findings we've seen in the research in recent years is how important our communication with our kids is to them developing into healthy, productive members of society and to them wanting to remain close to us so that we can be their anchor. And one of those things is shouting or yelling or getting loud, strong, and forceful with our voice with our kids. Something that was kind of a go-to strategy for me when I wasn't able to get my kids to move, to do what I wanted, or to make the decisions I wanted. And when I reflect back on it, it truly was almost a manipulative thing that I used with my kids to get them to give in, to coalesce, 
to go along with what I wanted. In fact, the research into this is very clear. Dr. Wang's research proved without a doubt that the more you shout at your children, the more their behavior will worsen. And the reason we end up shouting at our kids is we're often trying to control their behavior. And when we can't control it, we get frustrated, which is why we raise our voice, why we tend to level threats to try and get them to behave the way we want them to, which is really a form of control. And remember the studies that we've talked about in other radio programs and podcasts. Control is seen as the most unloving thing in our society. So when we resort to these tactics, our kids don't feel loved, and we certainly won't remain their anchor for long. This is the reason that we truly need to stop and do a self-analysis and look at the way we interact with our kids. Do they perceive anger in us, in our tone of voice, in the volume of our voice, or in our nonverbal communication? Because the bottom line is that 80-90% of communication comes across nonverbally from that tone, that body posture, the look on your face. So if you're getting feedback from your kids or feedback from your spouse that you're angry and you don't think you are, my advice would be to give them permission to have a mirror that they can hold up when you start getting intense with them so that you can see your body posture and your face. Because oftentimes when I've had parents do this, they see that they go, wow, that's what they're seeing. Maybe I really am more intense, more angry than I recognize or I realize. So if frustration and control lead to anger for you, here's some tips you can use to address anger in a more productive way. The first thing you need to do is hold yourself accountable. And the only way to do this is to drive a stake in the ground and to say, okay, I am not going to shout at my kids no matter what they're doing, no matter what they're saying to me, unless it's an issue of immediate safety. I can't tell you how important this is if you want to be the anchor in your kids' lives that they come to, that they listen to, that they process decisions with that can help guide them to make great decisions as opposed to separating from us, losing influence and connection with us emotionally and seeking to replace that with other things outside our home. Part of what you need to do in this situation is decide beforehand what you'll start to do if you're becoming frustrated, you're becoming agitated, or moving towards anger. I found that I needed to disengage, that I needed to say, hey, I need a break, and I would step away from the situation, go contemplate why I was frustrated, why I was angry, and consider a more strategic way to approach the issue. Part of being the anchor for your kids is being able to approach things strategically as opposed to allowing our kids' behavior, attitude, communication to get under our skin and cause us to react emotionally. Having a predetermined plan on what you'll do if you're beginning to become frustrated or agitated is, is really important. Step away. Stop and pray. Ask God for insight into what is causing the problem. Reflect upon your own past and how it may be causing you to trigger into anger very quickly. These are things that I help parents with all the time in the coaching I do when they're struggling to become influential parents and reconnect with their kids at a heart level. 
It's so important because our kids really do need us. And in fact, a survey by Notre Dame University actually showed that 67% of adolescents wanted more involvement from their parents in their lives, which most parents find really hard to believe. But it was actually true. The challenge is that they're looking for a different type of involvement. And it's the way we seek to be involved in our kids' lives that will determine whether we as dads end up being our kids' anchor or not. When we come back, we'll talk more about the things we can do as dads that will develop resilience in our kids, that will help us raise kids who go out and make a difference in the world as opposed to falling prey to the world. And these things will actually help us become the anchor in our kids' lives. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Hey, parents and grandparents, if you're listening to this program and you're wondering, okay, how do I parent apart from rules and consequences? How do I lead my kids like Jesus and see them make good decisions so that they don't lead dual lives and they end up following the faith after they leave our homes and they become amazing leaders like Jesus turned the disciples into? Got some good news. You can check out our entire Influential Parenting Academy absolutely free. You can go through the entire online course. You can download the audio course from within the online course. You'll even receive the implementation guide and process for bringing the change into your home, as well as an invitation when you get to that point to participate in free parent support phone calls where I'll answer your questions. And the good news, it's all free. We want to help parents avert the dual life and kids walking away from the faith. We're a ministry. We're not here to make money. Jesus didn't charge for his teaching and healing, and so neither do we. We believe those of you who go through the course and benefit will make a donation to the ministry to pay it forward so that we can continue to help families in the inner cities who have been derailed by COVID-19 coach kids and lead them through our heart healing process. Kids who come in saying, I'm angry at God. He's a mean and cruel God. I don't want to talk about God. Walk out saying, Jeff, I was praying today in the car and I missed my turn. That's a call I got from Sarah this last week. If you're wondering if this will work, I can tell you it does. I've got so many parents, so many testimonies to change lives in their kids when they began to lead like the Good Shepherd. So go to revivefamily.com, go to products, select Influential Parenting, and sign up for free today. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family, and we're continuing in this program, the third in the series, The Anchor Dad. And in the last segment, we explored a couple of things that really impact whether our kids will see us as an anchor or a mooring they can attach to in the storm of life. One of those things was dealing with our anger, dealing with the things that cause us to communicate in ways that actually damage our position as an anchor in our kids' lives. And some practical ways we can begin to step into that. If you missed that, you can go to our site, revivefamily.com, and go to our podcast area and there listen to the first half of this program or pick up on the first two segments of this entire series because this is session three of The Anchor Dad. And if you're a dad that knows that your frustration, the way you react or respond to issues in your kids' lives is causing damage to the relationship and you've tried all the practical things and haven't been able to beat it, 
feel free to reach out to me and we'll do an exploratory phone call and talk about the coaching process that I've found that's really helping parents clean out their heart and remove those areas of sensitivity that trigger within us that cause anger to take over when we know it's wrong and we don't want to do it, but it just keeps happening. If that's what you're dealing with and you're looking for help, go to our site, revivefamily.com, use the contact form and reach out to me and we'll set up a time to talk. Or you can email me directly at jeff at revivefamily.com. In this segment of The Anchor Dad, I want to talk about helping our kids develop resilience and perseverance, as well as some of the things that dads do and tend to do differently and maybe in really healthy, constructive ways with our kids. That is why we're so important in their lives and why it's so important for us to remain an anchor in our kids' lives from age three to age 18 and beyond. According to the research When it comes to long-term success in our kids' lives, the research indicates that grit or perseverance is far more important than factors like IQ and natural talent. And I guess if we stop and think about it, this really does make sense. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you get bumped, you get hit, a little failure comes your way, and it causes you to doubt yourself, to lose confidence, and to give up. Well, success isn't going to come right around the corner. And this is where dads are really important in their kids' lives. In fact, according to child psychiatrist Dr. Pruitt, a father's more active play style and comparatively slower response to a toddler or infant experiencing frustration is really important in a child's life. Why? Because when we sit back and allow our kids to go ahead and deal with a problem on their own, to deal with frustration, it actually builds problem-solving skills and trains the brain to be more independent, something that loving and nurturing moms can actually get in the way of. This is why we as dads need to be involved and engaged in our kids' lives even at young ages. We, in fact, can cut room or space for our kids to learn, grow, and develop the skills they need to be confident in themselves and to have problem-solving skills and to develop independence that's so important for their long-term success. And that's a natural role that fathers tend to take that is really important in their homes. But there are some other things we need to consider if we want to raise kids who persevere when facing challenges. And these were some of the things that I found I really needed to work on if I wanted to be the anchor dad in my kids' lives. And so here are some of the things the research indicates. We need to emphasize progress over perfection. And I really need to stop and camp on this one for a minute because when I go out and do my research with kids, specifically related to the expectations they feel from their parents, In virtually every session, kids indicate they feel they need to be perfect for their parents. And this will cause them to distance from us. It will break down their desire to attach their mooring line from their little boat to our buoy. So we need to emphasize the progress we're seeing in their lives rather than the shortcomings from perfection that are obvious in every kid's life. 
Let's face it, it's all so obvious in our lives. We all fall short of perfection. None of us are perfect this side of heaven. But sometimes, as parents, we so want our kids to succeed that we get camped out on the things they're not doing, the things they're falling short on, more than on the progress they're making. So emphasizing the progress they're making, the growth we're seeing, the maturity we're seeing, the effort that they're making is so important to them learning to want to persevere as opposed to want to give up. If you've got a kid that wants to give up, odds are there's been too much of a focus on the shortcomings rather than the progress. The next thing we really need to focus on is their effort over the outcome. If we're only focused on the outcome, the A or the B, the hitting the home run or getting on base in Little League or ranking up when we're talking about Boy Scouts or a similar program, it can cause our kids to step back. We need to emphasize the effort we see them making and be proud of the effort and encouraging the effort and rewarding the effort more than the outcome itself. And of course, there's the ever present role of being a role model as a dad, which means we've got to be modeling what it means to be persevering in our homes. When we're working on a project and our kids are around, if we run into a roadblock, get angry, get frustrated, swear because the bolt isn't going through or something isn't working the way we want, is that the model we want to set for them? Getting frustrated and storming away and coming back to deal with it later? Or do we want to model something where we sit down, stop, pray, reflect on the the entire project, look at it with fresh eyes, and keep going. Another area where we can really help our kids learn to persevere, to have that strength, that grit, to, to move through difficult things, is by showing them that you're continually taking risks and getting outside of your own comfort zone. Frankly, this is an area that's really important for us as dads to take on in our homes because moms are great. They're loving. They have that high protective instinct wanting to protect their kids. But oftentimes that causes them to want to prevent our kids from learning to take risks. They may even want to prevent us from taking risks, but but it's proven that success comes from risk-taking and learning from the lumps we take when we take risks. So if we're trying to prevent our kids from taking risks and we're not willing to model taking risks ourselves, we're not really helping our kids learn to persevere and moving them towards success. And in so many homes, I've seen that when dads are willing to take risks and they're willing to encourage their kids to take risks and they're there supporting them and encouraging them, even if they fail, that goes so far in causing our kids to respect us, to want to look up to us, and thus to becoming the anchor in our kids' lives. It's amazing. And this is one of those roles that the engaged dad needs to take on really carefully and really compassionately with their spouse. It's not something that we charge in and say, this is the way it's going to be. It's something that we help them learn to do as we become the anchor in our kids' lives. And another thing that's really important if we want to develop kids who persevere is to be transparent factually as well as emotionally about the challenges you face. Talk about the challenges you're facing. Ask your kids to pray for you. Pray with your kids about those challenges and show them that you're not giving up. 
the only way for them to learn how to persevere is if they realize that you actually do face challenges both in work, in life, with yourself, even emotional challenges that you struggle with, talking about those, sharing those with your kids and engaging them in your life in this way helps them realize that you're real, you're human, that you too are imperfect, and that you're approachable. And it's when they see you dealing with these challenges straight up, persevering, and then seeing breakthrough or victory or answered prayers that your kids will learn to persevere themselves. In short, we can't fear failure ourselves, and we shouldn't instill fear of failure in our kids. When we walk in this way with our kids, transparently, openly, and involving them, allowing them to pray for us with things we're challenged with, it doesn't cause our kids to think less of us. Rather, it causes them to relate to us, to believe that we're real, that we too are not perfect and we're not expecting them to be perfect. And all of a sudden, we start to become the anchor in their lives. While I know this is something that likely many of our dads didn't do with us, and we may have been taught to believe may be a lack of faith or ungodly or a sign of weakness, actually is a sign of internal strength. So this week, as you reflect upon being the anchor dad, it's so important the role we play as dads in our kids' lives. Apart from us, our kids' success is far less likely. And that's why we need to engage in different ways and become that nurturing, caring, compassionate father that can really be a mentor to their kids. Thanks for joining us this week for Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, and I'll be back next week with the fourth part of The Anchor Dad as we seek to become the anchors in our kids' lives so they're not swept away by the influences all around us in our society. Have a great week. That's it for this edition of Revive Families Connecting Hearts with Jeff Schott. We'll return again soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Revive Families Connecting Hearts is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional, medical, or psychological support. 